Welcome to Legacy Church. We are so glad that you are here this morning. I don't know about you, but for me, the last week has been going 90 miles an hour with my hair on fire. Maybe it's something you relate to. You haven't had a chance to stop and to rest and to reflect. And at Legacy, we, we seek to value rest, value Sabbath and value reflection upon God, what he's done, who he is, and on his word. And so this morning, we're seeking to carve out time to rest and reflect, and to rest and reflect together. Over the past five weeks, Pastor Kevin has taken us through uh, the five culture codes, which he believes God is calling Legacy Church to know and to embody and to live out here and out in the world. And today, we're going to sit with those culture codes. We're going to reflect on them. We're going to wrestle with them. We're going to confess where we have not been living those out. And we're going to ask the Holy Spirit for power and grace to embody the, these culture codes. So in just a moment, we're going to continue to worship in song. And in fact, we're gonna do that multiple times today. I'm going to try to guide us through this uh, to a place of understanding, a place of worship, a place of reflection, using what we've talked about for the past five weeks. So we're going to sing going to bring up a culture code, we'll briefly discuss it, and then we're going to, to pray. We're going to ask the Lord to show us the answers to these questions. And some of those, we will sit in silence right where we are. And for others, you have permission to talk to your neighbor, but you don't have to. So introverts, you're going to be okay. You don't have to. The point of this morning is to go to God and say, God, if this is who you're calling us to, how am I living this out? How am I trusting you in this? And then it's to see one another do this. How common is it for you to go someplace and see people doing exactly the same thing you're doing in reflection and prayer? That's what we want to do together this morning. And so when we sing, Feel free to stand, to sit, to dance, whatever you feel led to do. Because this time as we worship is for you to connect with one another and glorify God. I pray that this morning is pleasing to God and encouraging and helpful to you. So like I said, you're free to stand, sit, whatever. Let me pray, and then we will continue this morning. Gracious Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you that you have drawn us into this place. We ask that as we slow down just a little bit, as we value rest and reflection, Holy Spirit, that you would help us to gain wisdom and understanding and power to go from here and live out these culture codes among ourselves and in our spheres of stewardship. 
Lord, thank you for these people. Thank you for this time. May all we say and do be pleasing to you. And it's in your most precious and holy name that we pray. Amen. first culture code is pastoring over presenting. This idea comes from John chapter 10, verses 1 through 16, where we read that Jesus is the good shepherd. First and foremost, if we are to choose pastoring over presenting, we must choose Jesus as our good shepherd. We must relate to him as our good shepherd. Without a relationship, none of these culture codes will make any sense. Nothing the church does will ever make any sense. But being in relationship with Jesus is the foundation to pastoring over presenting. In fact, as Pastor Kevin mentioned in John 10, 
Jesus identifies himself as the good shepherd, and he says that he calls the sheep, he leads the sheep, he feeds them, he gathers them, and he lays down his life for his sheep. Jesus shepherds and cares for deeply those under his charge in his flock. And it's when we rightly relate to Jesus that we are then brought into the sheepfold and we begin relationships with other people who are shepherded by the good shepherd. We are encouraged to allow others within the church to shepherd us, to guide us, and to care for us. And this too requires a relationship that seeks unity and care. Those who model the life and character of Jesus, those are the ones that are easy to be shepherded by. And then, if we're shepherded by Jesus and others shepherd us, we in turn can shepherd those. We can help them pursue the things of God rightly and correctly and joyfully. We help one another, shepherd one another. And as Christians, we've been called to live, to love, and to serve like Jesus. And when we do, it becomes beneficial for those around us. Pastoring one another in love, humility, and care is how the church is supposed to live. And that's why Legacy desires to pastor one another, to shepherd one another. But there's that second concept that Pastor Kevin mentioned, and it's the opposite of pastoring. Instead of pastoring the hearts of people, we move to a place of presenting ideas, concepts, and images that impacts the mind, but don't necessarily draw others close to Christ. And this can happen in a lot of ways. We may have the wrong motivation. We may want people to see us in a certain light, or we may just want a platform for prestige. But when we pastor, we're glorifying God. When we present, we glorify ourselves. And let me tell you, this can be a, a challenge for me sometimes. I have some very good friends in this church that I've shared this with recently. Anytime I come up here, it is, it is so hard some days because I want to shepherd you, but I worry too much about your opinion or your views. And so then to people please, I start presenting ideas. I don't actually move you to a place of knowing Jesus more deeply and more intimately. This is a real challenge for me. And so this is why I'm so thankful Pastor Kevin started with pastoring over presenting. And maybe you're that way. Maybe you struggle with wanting people to know you as the best Bible study teacher or the best small group leader or the best husband. But that's not what Jesus is asking of us. He's asking us to trust him, to love him, and to follow him. I want to challenge us to not give in to presenting to others an idealized version of ourselves. Rather, let us be shepherded by Christ, graciously and lovingly shepherded by others, and then shepherd those in our spheres of stewardship. So in just a moment, I'm going to present three questions. You may want to take a picture of them because you may not get through all three. 
or you can write them down, whatever. But in just a moment, when I share them, we'll spend a few moments in silent, prayerful reflection. Where you are, call out to the Lord and ask him to help you understand the answer to these questions. Maybe even consider what it is that God wants from you and how he's growing you. So as we sit in a few moments of prayerful reflection with Jesus, let us consider, am I being pastored by Jesus? Am I allowing others to pastor me? And am I pastoring others' hearts or presenting to their minds? Let's spend just a few moments in prayerful reflection. Nice to be able to see you from this angle 
standing, sitting, worshiping. So thank you for participating in a morning like this. Our second culture code is humility over rightness. And we find this in Philippians chapter two, verses one through 13. Again, as Pastor Kevin took us to this passage, he helped us to see that Christ himself, second person of the Trinity, God himself humbled himself and came to earth in the form of a baby, in the form of a person, so that his life, death, and resurrection would be significant, would be powerful for you and I. And you may remember if you were here that day, Pastor Kevin's illustration from Bluey about Bluey and her sister are playing. Bluey wants to be known as right. And the, the frustration that that caused, the tension that that caused between the two of them. Ever since I heard that illustration over a cup of coffee, I couldn't wait until we got here to listen to it together because it's an important illustration. You see, Jesus, though right, was also humble. He was meek and mild. And though we are to respond to him rightly and correctly, he did not and does not demand rightness in order to crush us. And I don't know about you, but sometimes it really is the easier route, at least for me, to be known as right and not humble, to justify myself and to tell others, mm, this is really what it is and this is how it should be. And yet I can do that with humility because I should be known as a humble person, a man that looks like character of Christ. So maybe humility over rightness is a challenge for you. And so if it is, and even if it's not, I invite you um, to prayerfully consider these next questions. And feel free to talk and share with your neighbor as well, or have them pray for you. But our, our three questions for this morning to consider are, what have I learned from Jesus' Jesus's example of humility? Where have I sought to be humble lately? And where have I sought to be right at the expense of a relationship? And to whom, if, the, if you've answered, yeah, you've, you've sought rightness over humility, to whom do I need to confess? Spend a few moments, again, whether in silence or with your neighbor, praying and discussing these answers. Can't go by 
Our third culture code is presence over preference and is born out of the warning that we find about favoritism in the book of James, James chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. But what exactly does presence over preference mean? Well, first, let me offer this. It doesn't mean every single thing you have to be present at. It means that we are to evaluate our motivation for the events and the places and the people 
in which we are to be interacting with. It's impossible to be at every single event while having a family, a job, hobbies, rest. Everyone has the same 24 hours a day. But we can evaluate what our motivation is for not attending because of the speaker, the format, or the activities that do not meet your preferences. In order to understand how to live within this code, we must learn by what spirit or motivation we're being influenced by. As Christians, we're called to other people. There's no such thing as a Lone Ranger Christian. We're called to be with others, and to do so means that we have to move toward them. We take the first step towards others to help them know that they are loved by God and by us because Christ took the first step toward us. And when we move toward others to be present with them rather than away, we can begin to chip away at our own preferences. If we let our preferences be our motivating factor in determining if we're present with people, if we serve them, if we help them, most of the time we would probably choose not to be around others, and especially others that are different than us. I don't know about you, but it, it feels like my preferences change from day to day. There's no consistency, and I'm pretty fickle. A lot of times I'm motivated by my preferences. And yet, I wouldn't even spend time with myself because of how fickle I am. But in Christ, I'm free from seeing my preferences as the right way. And look, I, I'll tell you the truth. I cannot remember any instance where I felt going into meeting with someone or spending time at an event where I was worried because I, I felt like my preferences weren't gonna be met. But I cannot recall a time where I left that place, left those people, and didn't enjoy it. My wife has to remind me of this quite often, um, but it is good because even for a shy introvert, I love being around people and my preferences are nothing compared to people. So at Legacy, as we seek to be a people who care for one another by being present, with one another as often as possible, let us spend just a few moments in silent prayer, or again with your, your prayer partner, your neighbor, um, and spend some time reflecting on these questions. How have I experienced Jesus's presence with me lately? Because if Jesus had preferences, there may be some day where he might not want to spend time with us, but he loves us, and so he moves towards us. So how have I experienced Jesus's presence with me lately? Where is God calling me to be present with others? And where have I wrongly demanded my, presence, uh, my preferences lately? Let's spend a few moments in prayer and maybe talking to a neighbor about the answer to these questions.
Our fourth culture code is clarity equals kindness. And for this one, we spent time in Ephesians 4, verses 25 through 32 during our time together a few weeks ago. As you may remember, we talked about what it means to take off the old and put on the new with the help of Christ. We need to put on the new way of life as Christ has called us into it. Because left to ourselves, that is no life. And because this code is to be clear with our words and with our life, and do so as, as much as possible um, so that we are kind to others, I want to be very clear about this next part that I say. The things that we do here, the gathering, the singing, the preaching, the praying, we do so not because we're good people, but because we know and serve a great God. And so when we're left to ourselves, we don't have riches, we don't have life, we are dead in our sins and trespasses. Sin is described as missing the mark, but what is the mark? Is it my mark? Is it your mark? Is it that mark? Um, sin is missing the mark of a life that is lived in total dependence, trust, and care, and love in God to walk in the ways that he has called us to. We're all born into sin. It's the human condition. And that's why Jesus came from heaven, put on flesh, lived as fully God, fully man, a sinless life, so that by his death and resurrection, the penalty, the price of sin is paid for for you and I. Jesus was clear about his purpose when he walked on earth Jesus is still clear about his purpose when we read his word. And so this morning, again, as I mentioned, if you are not being shepherded by Jesus, all of this stuff will probably not make sense. And if you're, if you're wrestling with what does that mean? What does it mean to live by God's standard? Let me implore you. Turn to Jesus, trust him, recognize that his life, death, and resurrection gives you new life, gives you eternal life. Since Jesus was clear with his purpose and his words, you and I as Christians, if we have come to that point in our life and trusted Jesus, you and I should be clear with our words and our purpose. And so in the next few moments in silence, let me encourage you to, to ask yourself and Jesus these questions. With Jesus' help, is it clear that I have put off the old self and put on the new? Have my words been clear and kind lately? Have I spoken half-truths to people, thereby being unkind? And if you find that you say, yes, I have spoken half-truths, Consider, do I need to confess to someone? Let's spend just a few moments in 
silent prayerful reflection.
fifth and final culture code is grace does not equal compromise. And we look specifically at two passages, Matthew 7, 1 through 14, and Luke 7, 36 through 50. In Matthew, we read uh, from the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus warns his followers to not take the speck out of a brother's eye when they have a log in their own. But then he encouraged them to call out to God who will give them help. And then in Luke, we see the story of Jesus dining with Simon the Pharisee whenever a woman of known sin comes in. She washes Jesus' feet, and Simon is heart of heart. And yet, what Jesus does for this woman was full of grace and with no compromise. We were challenged to, to consider what it meant for Jesus to exhibit Full grace without compromise. I love what Pastor Kevin said concerning Jesus' life. 100, 100, 0. 100% truth, 100% grace, 0% compromise. How has this last week looked for you? Have you sought to extend grace while still being truthful? If it was anything like mine, there were moments where I spoke truth, but there was not a lot of grace. And there was grace without a lot of truth. But when we extend grace to others, truly extend grace to others, we're not compromising truth. When we speak truth, our words are intended to carry grace and care for one another. In many ways, speaking and living by grace and without compromise is an art, not a science. I wish I could say that it takes four, five, six tries and then you've got it mastered. But you don't. It's an art, 
Practice it, fail at it, ask for God's grace in it, and get back to it. Extend grace without compromise. Consider our words as we speak truth to others. Are we caring and gracious? As we conclude this morning, we're gonna sing one more song. And so we'll have a few moments of silent reflection, again with one final song. But I want us to consider these questions. Have I exhibited the character of Christ this week in offering grace and truth? To whom should I be offering honest grace? And to whom should I be offering gracious truth? Spend a moment in quiet reflection and then sing. As we get into this last song, just as uh, Pastor Justin just said earlier in the service, I want you to really feel free to, this altar's open. If you feel like you need to come and get prayer and, and be on your knees before God, use this moment uh, as a culmination of what's been happening this morning. Allow the Holy Spirit to really speak and see what's going on. Maybe you haven't made a personal um, decision to follow Jesus, as Pastor Justin was saying earlier. May today be that day, or the t today the day you ask the questions. We have the whole room available to you if you need to grab someone, if you need to grab a pastor. Pastor Patrick's right here, Pastor Justin's up here. I know they would be happy to pray with you guys if you need to grab a friend, a partner, or if you need to just sit and reflect, or if you need to stand and raise your hands, I just wanna free you up in this moment to do what you need to do. This is between you and God. This is not about what we're doing up here. May this, may this moment really just allow you to connect.
I once was lost 
my hope and prayer that today would be beneficial for you, that you were able to actually carve out some time to rest and reflect. And come back next week as we will start a new series. We will uh, go back to our normal pattern. Uh, but days like today are necessary because in a culture where we're so busy, there is a, a hurry sickness that seems to just indwell us. We need moments to pull back, rest, and reflect. And so I pray that today has been beneficial for your soul and for your relationship with the Lord and with one another as you see other people resting, reflecting, and worshiping God.